Hey there! Welcome to Before the Green and After the Checkers, a NASCAR fan podcast, and we are your hosts. I am Evan Locke. I'm Don Johnston. And I'm Mary Lee Locke. NASCAR. We watch it, we talk about it, and now we're sharing it with you. Every week we'll talk Before the Green, predictions for the upcoming race, we'll talk After the Checkers, a recap of what happened last week, and we'll throw in a little of the in-between too. But we can't promise it'll always be in that order. We also have Corey's question of the week, and let's face it, lots of questionable banter between ourselves. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy our content and share it with a friend. Without further delay, let's go. What's going on? Oh, just getting through it. Mary Lee, what are you up to? Well, I'm here. Lucky and for excited. you. <laughs> excited about it, of course. A little under the weather, but we're going to make it work. Well, well good thing it's a the podcast. weather's atmospheric. It's true. I missed that, Donnie. What was that? I said, good thing we're on a podcast and not live video. Why? <laughs> That, that could probably be said every week, to be fair. <laughs> the whole world is thankful they don't have to look at us. Yeah, that goes three ways on this one. <laughs> it's like a three-way competition for for worst facial hair. <laughs> well, we That's know Natalie's got the best mustache, so I, <laughs> between me and you now. Seems that way. <laughs> yeah. Um. So... We want to make an announcement before we before we get too far in. Um, but long story short, Marilyn um, looks just as shocked as I do. You guys are firing me. We literally just talked about this. Okay, I know, I'm so just um, so next week, following the race in Sonoma, uh, we are going to do the podcast as usual. So we're going to do a recap of Sonoma. We're going to touch on the in between, and we're going to follow up with. Uh, the after the checkers, or sorry, the before the green portion where we discuss uh, the upcoming race. Uh, but for the week following that, we are going to have a special episode. Uh, Marilee is not going to be around. There is not going to be a race that weekend uh, to recap. That's so nice of NASCAR. I know, they, they booked it off for you. Like, I go to Newfoundland, and they're like, you know what? She's gone, we can't race. Yeah. Well, without your TV rating, right? What would... <laughs> What would happen to the sport? Um, <laughs> but we're gonna have a we're gonna have a special Father's Day episode. Um, Donnie's a new dad, so that's what he wants for Father's Day. Um, but uh, we we haven't uh, we haven't necessarily got it all one hundred percent figured out exactly what we're gonna do, but we do know it's gonna be fun. Uh, it's gonna be enjoyable, and it is still gonna be NASCAR focused. So uh, make sure you're you're planning to listen to that one as well. And boys club only. That's right. Well. I mean, to be fair, after your performance the last few weeks, I'm kind of thinking we might go back to that. Uh, listen, I'm just say kidding. the word. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's actually it's been super enjoyable having you here, even though you are my sister. Um, I do think 
especially from a social media standpoint as well. Like if you would look at everything that you've brought to the table, it's been super fun. So yeah, I'll say it publicly now one time, one never time. again. Yeah. We if can- they don't listen to this episode, they'll never yeah. hear it. I really enjoy having her too. And we can edit that out after, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just add it to the list of things I have to edit out because of you. <laughs> All right. (laughs) Well, after all those wonderful accolades, let's head right into our After the Checkers discussion. So on Sunday, I heard Evan jumping for joy. Kyle Busch won the race. How many wins is that for him this season? I think I felt him jumping for joy, too. (laughs) Why was there a hurt? Richter scale warning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was pretty excited. Um that's his third win on the season, and I actually think it's my—it's uh, the third win I've predicted correctly on the season too. So, um, for Kyle Busch, I don't know if we said his name or not. Oh, you know what? No, I think merely mentioned <laughs> that it did. was Kyle okay. Busch, but yeah. So it's—it's uh, it's his third win on the season. Which, to be honest, I—I'm uh, not surprised, but I don't think anyone saw that team firing off this well. Um, yeah, like <laughs> it's been great. Like Kyle Busch has all the talent in the world. But, I mean, his last, you know, last year with Gibbs, like, top-tier equipment, it wasn't the best showing. But I think that was more Kyle's mentality and being checked out because to show up in RCR equipment and put three on the board like this early, man, it's just, yeah, he's back. He is back, and I think uh, I think it's telling, too, of the kind of kind of crew chief and the kind of chemistry that they've developed over there on that team already with, uh, with Randall Burnett and stuff like that. Uh, it's really impressive to see that that happened that quickly uh, because that doesn't usually happen that fast. You know, we usually give guys like almost a half a season before we really expect them to have the same level of results that we're used to seeing from them. And here comes Kyle Bush, who admittedly the last few seasons hasn't been nearly as competitive as he was. Yeah. I honestly thought, be the year where you know that whole win every season streak ended like that's what yeah. I expected like I didn't expect much good to come of it I knew he could win in it because I mean Austin Dillon is getting a victory lane you know what I mean so yeah you know they have equipment that can do it but man this guy is- and Reddick Reddick had three wins yeah. last season too except but not uh, I mean if you look at it he wanted the dirt race on a fluke yeah no, he didn't win the dirt race. He almost won the dirt race. Where did he win last year? He won, uh, might have been two road courses he won. And then something else too, but uh, um, no, RCR had three wins. He only had two. And they were both on road courses, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Um, which is ironic because I, I was telling some people today that my pick for this week, um, you know, Kyle Bush is kind of the guy that you are kind of optimistic about right now, but I haven't found that their road course program to be good this year. So uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I should, uh, maybe I should go that route. Who knows? Don't give it away yet. <laughs> oh, don't worry. He's not. Also, do you notice he didn't write it in this week? Yeah. Oh, maybe you don't get it, but yeah, he didn't write in his pick this week. I can't ruin it. Oh, secret. I, mm-hmm. I yelled at her all week for ruining that pick on me. Yeah. She did a really bad job going three and out. Mm. <laughs> Actually, I'll be honest. Um, so last week for my second pick, I had Corey LaJoy slash Michael McDowell wrote in 
And all day long, I'm like, this is going to backfire. I should have took McDowell. Like, McDowell's actually up here running. And, uh, well, we'll I guess we'll touch on, yeah. on what happened shortly. But. All right. So I left the house on Sunday. I come back, and it's still going <laughs> strong. So why was this race so long? Actually, correction. <laughs> you left the house, went to the church, came home, had a nap, we ordered supper, and then finally the race was over. That's true, like actually. Quarter after 10, our time. Yeah, I mean, there, it's, there wasn't a ton of things that happened. It's just the ones that did caused everything to come to a halt, which is lightning, which is funny because we talked about it, I feel like, just last week. It's yeah, like within a mile, they shut her down, but obviously that's five miles. Yeah, I think where I was wrong is I think the one mile is when they evacuate because they didn't evacuate this week because Noah Gregson was throwing the football in the stands <laughs> and everything. Yeah. Um, but there was, uh, what was there, four red flags total? It, I know there was one for Gregson. Um, I want to say there was at least two or three of those brake rotors when they failed, they, they threw the red four. Yeah, and when they were red under lightning too, that clock kept getting reset. You know what I mean? Like it's a 30 minute clock yeah. and then 16 minutes in lightning again. So then we're back to 30. So, I mean, if you counted those as separate reds, like it was, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a long race. Cause I think it started at like four 30 local time for us Yeah, uh, and didn't get over until pretty near six hours later. Right. Uh, so it was long. Um, and that's, that's why. Um, but when we talk about, when we talk about, you know, what led to that, we obviously touched on the lightning, but there was four incidents with brake failures this week. Um, Carson Hosevar, Tyler Reddick, Bubba Wallace, and then uh, Noah Gregson, who had a hard enough hit that they actually had to repair the safer barrier. Yeah. Um, and so those were, those were big time consumers. And I'm going to be honest, it brought an element to the race that I feel like we've been missing for probably close to a decade, which is the mechanical failure. Yeah. Um, you know, how often do we really see engines blow up anymore? How often do we see the cars not able to handle the distance? And I think like even in the mid to late two thousands, that was something that we saw fairly regularly. That was an added element that for whatever reason, well, the cars have gotten better is essentially what's happened, but we don't see that anymore. And I think that's an element that it's kind of nice to see back in the sport. Uh, Yeah. You might think that I don't after Bubba wall is racked out, but sure if it was a different well, driver i'd be just as happy about it well i mean maybe you should have just made a different pick <laughs> i mean four top five in a row and he was running top 10 again like uh hate it to see it for the guy actually I, i'm gonna be honest uh for bubba especially it was quite impressive uh to see him get out of a car after an incident like that and not be super down he walked around fist bumped his guys yeah uh, and I think he kind of saw the good of the run um, beyond what actually happened, right? So. Yeah, and also, too, like the driving. Like, you've seen everybody take those hard hits. Like, he was able to get control of that car, put it along the wall, ride it out. Like, you know, it wasn't a hard hit that he took. Like, he kept himself in one piece. Like, he kind of learned from the other three guys on the day. Yeah, and well, and he had that bad wreck at Pocono too, um, a few years back where he lost his brakes, and he cut down, and had a massive, massive hit, 
And uh, I think if that didn't remind you, it didn't matter what the other guys did. It <laughs> yeah, wasn't going to work true. anyway. But <laughs> he learned but it was, a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was interesting to me, those four guys that had those failures are all guys that I look at and go, oh, those are super aggressive guys. Hosevar is a super aggressive driver. Um, really, to me, he reminds me a lot of a Ross Chastain in in the lower series. That's very much how he drives. Um, Tyler Reddick, Bubba Wallace, Noah Gregson, all of those guys are, are guys that are constantly pushing the car to the limit. They're not guys that are like, oh, I got to save something till the end. Yeah. Uh, and I wonder how much of that was a contributing factor to to those brake failures. Um, you know, people have been talking about, well, I guess we'll get into this in a few minutes when we talk about Corey and them, but you know, people talk about how much better Carson was running, but if you put Corey back in that same car, he might not have been running up as far in the, in the running order, but I I think maybe his driving style might've allowed that car to finish. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I mean, like they're telling, uh, Carson, you know, give it 90% every lap, but you're not running that car in 16th place at 90%. Like we talked about no. this week, like he, he was on that gas and on that break, obviously. Yeah. And, uh, there was, there was one restart. I forget. I think it was the restart where Michael McDowell got spun out, um, on entry there. Cause he was in the middle of that three wide sandwich yeah. and he gets up against the wall and they show Carson's in car and he's like going by, he's three wide on the outside going by like multiple, <laughs> multiple rows of cars. And I'm like, that is not 90%. <laughs> that is full send, <laughs> but he did impress in his debut run, which oh, what more would he want? Right. Yeah. I mean, he had fun. You look at him after, like to get out of a wrecked car and be that happy, like get on the kid. Well, I mean, he knows he's got opportunities coming that he might not have had now. Right? Yeah, so. that's it. Yeah. Um, with the four cars having issues with brakes, is that like NASCAR going to look at that and say, is that something we've done? Like, does that ever fall to the next level up? You know what I mean? If there was four um, in a row kind of thing. It depends. So, if that's a single source supplier part where NASCAR mandates who you get it from, they might take that back to the research and development or to that supplier and, and discuss the issue and see what they could do to fix it. Like if we have major tire issues in a race, um, I think it was like 2007, 2008 at Indianapolis, they could only run 15 laps before tires were failing. Brutal. It was the worst race of all time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so there was some very serious discussions with Goodyear about that. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's discussions about that. Um, there's probably but if it's, discussions uh, with Firestone after that race. Yeah. Yeah. Firestone, Hoosier, whoever can build tires. Let's uh, let's throw their name in the ring. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if there's discussions about those brake rotor failures. But at the same point, um, like we said earlier, I think a lot of that was due to how the driver was using the brakes. Um, you know, if, if you're the guy that's breaking 10 to 20 feet later and using more pressure, those brakes are getting that much hotter. Uh, and it always seemed to be the same brake rotor that was failing. It was always the front right, uh, which is the one that takes the most pressure. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was a discussion, but we'll probably never know about it, to be honest with you. And four out of 36 is, you know, it's One not ninth. like it's the end of the world. It's about a ninth, yes. 
It is exactly a nine. Is it a ninth? Okay. Four out of 36. Yeah. Yeah. Four times nine. You're right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You guys give me a hard time about math all the time. That one was pretty quick. And you're all like. <laughs> Merely. Like, yeah. So, math yeah. About a ninth. Like what? it sound it sounds quick now that I've edited it out, but like No. That's... <laughs> <laughs> you always grin. All right, tell me how did Corey LaJoy do for Elliot? Go ahead, Evan. It's your boy. <laughs> well, he beat Bubba Wallace. <laughs> um, <laughs> um actually lap one, the race started off really rough for Corey. Um I don't know if it was I thought he killed things him. being he he did kill it. He killed the engine. He hit the kill switch. Um, and I don't know if that was just like because it's located in a different spot in a Hendrick car versus. Oh, he legit spot. hit the kill yeah, switch. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, had That's there way not funnier now. Yeah yeah. Had there not been a had there not been a caution right then, he could have even potentially went a lap down before he got it going. I <laughs> doubt that would have happened, but not the way he would have wanted to start. Yeah. And. All of the Hendrick cars were off on setup at the beginning of that race. Yeah, some of them got it back, um, but for whatever reason, and I, it might have just been a lack of communication and chemistry between two people that don't generally run with each other. Uh, but that nine car never really seemed to get on track until really late in the race. They were moving ahead a bit, but yeah. So where do you finish? Twenty. First, I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What did? Uh, what do you think happened there, Donnie? Do you think it was just Corey not being a high enough caliber driver, or do you think there was more to that? Uh, I honestly, I'm not putting it on Corey on this one. I'm going with the crew chiefs because, like you said, like Hendrick just was not dialed in. But you look at Cliff Daniels and Larson. Cliff started making changes to the car. They started trying different things, and they got Larson to run decently after that. And with Gustafson, I just feel like he just gave up. Just like, oh, well, the car's not working, so do what you can with it. Like, I feel like if uh, Chase was in that car, then obviously they'd put in a bigger effort. I mean, I might be wrong on that, but if, if that's not the case, then, I mean, Cliff Daniels is a better crew chief hands down than Gustafson. Well, Gustafson was Jeff Gordon's crew chief for a while, and I wasn't a huge fan at the time. I mean, Gordon's career was winding down, and he was obviously less competitive as a driver, uh, but I did feel like in the last stages of his career, he didn't have as much going for him as he did. Um, But I've never been sold on Gustafson myself. Yeah, and again, like you know, like it, it's a tough call, like because I don't, I don't know, you know what I mean? Like that's we sit on this thing and we share our opinions, and at the end of the day, none of us know. But I feel like to be a crew chief at that level, you could have done some more to help the kid out, and I just feel like you didn't because you just didn't care about that race. Yeah, I mean, it's a um, it's a lot to sit here and talk about the guy who won the championship as a crew chief two years ago. Uh, not even two years ago. Yeah, two years ago, 2020. Yeah. And um, and pretend like, you know, maybe he got calls wrong. But at the same point, I think you might be right. I think, I think having the faith he has in Chase Elliott week in and week out, 
he might have had the confidence to throw some extra things at him and say, Chase can figure this out. Chase has the talent, whatever. Whereas you throw a guy in the mix that you perhaps individually don't have as much faith in at this point. Maybe you're not willing to take as big a swing at things and, you know, oh, I can, I know how loose I can make Chase before he's like wrecking loose. Yeah. Uh, so I think you could really be onto something there. And like to play devil's advocate on my own opinion, like <laughs> Corey LaJoy isn't exactly a world beater. You know what I mean? Like, I know he's got a hardcore fan base and like guys love him, but I mean, he's got like, what, one top five finish? Like, people want. Uh, I think he had fourth already this year at one point. Okay, so then two, because he had like good finish last year. Like, I, I just, you know, I. I don't think he's as great as what people let on he is. Yeah, I think people always root for the underdog, yeah. right? So, you know, like you and Bubba and you and <laughs> um, Martin Truex Jr. Yeah, Truex uh, Jr., you know. the underdog for sure. All right, he went guys. winless last year. <laughs> Let's go back to Corey LaJoy. We've got <laughs> Evan's opinion, both sides of Donnie's opinion. <laughs> Let's hear what Corey LaJoy's opinion is. Yeah, just couldn't quite get over the hump of track position. Tough day, man. It's uh, you know, it's a tough situation to jump in, and you know, these guys are, are pros, and our stuff runs good, wins races. And just wasn't good enough this weekend. Um, I would like to think that I could drive a, a better race car. Uh, I, I would like to think that I can drive a race car better than I displayed this weekend. But I wouldn't say it's embarrassing, but I got some work to do just to figure out, you know, what feel I need to, to attract some more speed. It's just uh, it's a frustrating weekend, but I, I just really appreciate the opportunity. It's, it's been a dream come true. Uh, even as much as I didn't do this, that's a good job. Uh, I wish those guys luck for the rest of the year once Chase gets back and they'll be winning some races. So, yeah. So uh, those comments were made. I think it's important to mention that those were made to Bob Hawkers of Fox Sports. Um, I, ironically enough, it actually he sounded very similar to uh, to Chase Elliott on a disappointing day. Um, you know, he doesn't uh, he never puts the blame on the team, always kind of takes it on himself, always a little bit down on himself. So um, and I get that. I think. I think everyone, including Corey, looked at this weekend as by far his opportunity to be in the best equipment he's ever been in the top series. Um, and he was in some of the worst equipment I, of the day, unfortunately. Yeah, like you know I, I, mean? I think it was the best equipment with the worst setup. Yeah. And so like that's the thing. Corey's um, handcuffed in that situation, you know what I mean? Corey can't be like, the one time I drive for Hendrick and they give me a garbage setup. It's because he was <laughs> never getting a call again. Like The only move that guy has is, I wish I was better. And it's like, you know what? Like, it might not all be your fault, kid. Don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah. Um, and I think I think you have to take that opportunity to get in that car. Um, even, even look at it this way. Even if you want to go, I wonder how far off our equipment really is. Yeah. Right? Like, to go back to Spire. Uh, you know, I think that gives you a really good indicator of, okay, how far off are we really? Yeah. Uh, because, you know, you look at, even among Spire, Corey LaJoy outperforms Ty Dillon every week by a lot. Yeah. Um, and so, obviously, Corey's performing better in that equipment than the other guys. Well, the only way to really know how well you're performing is to look at the guys that have the best equipment and say, okay, how far off are we? And I think this is their best opportunity to actually have that inside eye. That's a good point for sure. 
because I was kind of looking at it too from the other side earlier this week. Like I was sitting wondering, you know, is anyone on that team upset with Corey? Like, you know, you're on the seven team and then the pretty girl asks you to dance and all of a sudden, see you later. Like that's kind of how I was reading into it earlier in the week. But I, I definitely can see it your way too, that, you know what, this might be a learning experience that I can bring back to the whole team, build off of it. But I don't know. I want to It's more like, fair. I can show you the world. <laughs> to be fair, though, it's not just the pretty girl. It's the hottest girl to dance. Yeah. Agree to disagree. Okay. okay, well, when Gibbs starts winning races on a weekly basis, we'll talk. We'll call him a pretty girl. I'm oh, sorry, did Hendrick win this week? <laughs> no, Hendrick didn't win this week. All right, there you go. All right, guys. We have something pretty cool. Well, kind of cool. Um, we've got a clip from one of our listeners have left us a voicemail, Ooh. which, just so you know, this is something that anyone can do. Um, I'll get Evan to explain that. Uh, yeah, so it's actually super easy. Um, all you have to do is head over to anchor.fm slash before the green uh, on your mobile device or any device that has a uh, microphone built into it. Um, and you can click the send a message button or leave a message. I believe it actually is. And you can record your message and send it to us and we will get it. And if we decide we want to play it on air for everybody else, uh, we will. So uh, we take all kinds of messages there, constructive criticism, um, mental abuse for Donnie. Um, you know, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll take anything um, because uh, we really enjoy hearing from each of you guys. Yeah, no, it's super cool. So this clip um, comes from a guy named Steve who says he's been listening every week. So that's pretty awesome. Um, let's see what he has to say. Hi guys. Great job on your podcast. Last few weeks, try to listen every week. Thanks for keeping us informed, but I'm going to pick on Donnie this week only because he got very emotional on Bubba's bird flipping. Now, I know we can't drag this on for week after week, but if he got wrecked week after week, he'd probably stop. And Ryan Blaney being just like Dale Jr., Ryan Blaney worked to where he got where he was. Dale Jr. had everything handed to him on a silver spoon. So you can't really make a comparison to that either, I don't feel. But anyway, if you were left hooking me, Donnie, going down the handwell, that'd probably come looking for you. Just saying. Tip for tat, bud. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, thanks, Steve, for leaving us a voicemail. And let's turn this to Donnie, since it seems to be a direct (laughs) at you, bud. What do you have to say for that? (laughs) Well, just let me get my emotions in check. I don't want to be too emotional. No, but I mean, I feel like Steve's proven my point. Like, if I'm driving down the handwell and I hook him, he's going to come looking for me. Absolutely. As would I. If you flip me off going down the handwell, I'm just going to shake my head and say, what an idiot. You don't wreck a guy because he flips you off. I'm standing by that. Steve, you're not going to change my opinion. Like, yeah, if someone takes you out, get your revenge. Someone flips you off, grow a pair and keep driving. <laughs> All right, let's before that becomes an open discussion yeah. again. Let's talk Ryan Blaney, Dale Jr. comparison. Okay, so that one that that's a little overboard. I think that's a stretch, or he just didn't <laughs> understand what I was saying by that. Uh, I'm not saying Dale Jr. and Ryan Blaney are the same driver. 
I was just saying very talented drivers, each in their own way, that can go long stretches without wins. But to say Dale Jr. has, you know, golden spoon in his mouth, then like you can't diminish what the guy did. He's a two time champion and Bush, like he's a Hall of Famer. He's a Daytona five hundred winner. Like there's some talent. He's handsome. Yeah, there's some talent behind that wheel. Like you can't you can't feed talent to somebody. They either have it or they don't. So Evan, you wanna jump on that? Yeah, um, I'm going to say this from the perspective of someone who was never a Dale Jr. fan yeah. uh, until significantly after his career, which, I mean, I say significantly at this point, but, um, you know, once I started discovering the Dale Jr. download and, and really listening to Dale talk and his thoughts and his opinions and his mindsets, uh, I became a much bigger fan of Dale for his post-racing career than I was his racing career. Um, but with that, after listening to him, you know, you kind of gain perspective on how his career went. Uh, and if you listen to any of his discussions about how he got that cup ride, uh, with DEI, and it's important to remember too, DEI was not this powerhouse team, uh, when he started with DEI. I mean, Steve Park had only been full-time, I think for one year with DEI, with the team being full-time for one year. Uh, before they put Junior in the car, and then the next year they added a third car. Uh, and they were not this powerhouse team at that time. They were doing great in the Bush Series, which is where they had originally started uh, and built that program. But if you look at how Dale got there, um, Dale Earnhardt Sr. was was told by, uh, I forget exactly who, it might have been Tony Urie Sr., uh, you know, you need to take a serious look at your son, um, and put him in this Bush car because he has the talent. And that was after Dale Jr. had been changing oil in his father's garage just to make enough money to run his late model at the local track. Um, and so to say he had everything handed to him uh, while that opportunity was available to him because of who his father was, uh, it's definitely not that he didn't work for it or didn't earn it. And I think, you know, we talk about Dale as probably the – the biggest example of a popular driver who never won a championship, but the man won 26 races. That is not a small feat uh, in the cup series uh, at all. And if you look at what he's done on the owner's side in the Xfinity series and stuff like that, um, I think what he did have given to him, whatever that may be, whatever level that may be, uh, he's put a lot of work behind it to make it successful. So um, appreciate you reaching out, Steve, but uh I don't know if I can stand behind your opinion on that one. Yeah, I mean, like you said, 26 wins, 260 <laughs> finished third place in the season in 2003. Like, the guy's not a slouch. And, I mean, you know, I, I hate to admit this on the podcast, but, like, I used to be a Hendrick guy. Like, my two favorite guys were Dale Jr., Jimmy Johnson. I loved Mark Martin when he was around. But, like, you can't, just because Blaney is my boy, too. Like, his dad's Dave Blaney. Like, you act like, you know. That never opened any doors for him. Like, come on. that That's life. That's yeah. business. You know, if you can't get your foot in the door, someone else might help you get there. I mean, Dave ran 473 races in the Cup Series. Like, don't tell me that Ryan didn't have an easier time getting in there than someone like William Byron or Alex Bowman. You know what I mean? Whoa. And, like, there's two guys, like, two guys I'm not crazy on, but, I mean... 
Like, really? You're going to sit there and say you're not crazy about Wild Bill? Every week you're like, oh, man, I, I think I'm loving this kid, man. This guy's awesome. <laughs> you're, a, you're a William Byron fan, and you the know The day it. he leaves Hendrick, I will admit that. But it's still I just want to also mention that Dale Jr. had to live through Teresa and as much positive as he had with his father. Mm. Yeah, actually, and their relationship wasn't great with his father. So Dale Earnhardt is at the hug you after the race and tell you how good you are and you can do it. It's except except for that first win in the Cup Series, he he did hug him and say how proud he was there. But uh, but yeah. but nonetheless, thanks for calling in, Steve. Um, and, uh, you know, for the record, we're not just sitting here defending our opinion because, you know, we're blind. You know, if you had a valid point, we would have agreed with it. But, yeah. but unfortunately, your opinion <laughs> sucked and was wrong. So. We, we really want to encourage people to uh, call in and leave us voicemails so that we can then talk negatively and pretend like they don't know anything. I'll tell you one thing, though. I won't be driving on the hand wall anytime soon. <laughs> right? And it's I, okay. Steve won't be either. <laughs> and, and to be clear, just because I don't want this to turn into a discouragement for other people yeah. to call, um, I, I personally know Steve um, and, and have a relationship with him. So, um. <laughs> Well, congratulations, you two. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think know, you're looking for a working we're, relationship. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we all have relationships with people. An acquaintanceship is a relationship, you know. No, that's right. true. Yeah, so. yeah. I'm actually also very close to Steve. I one time made a newsletter for him. So, you know, we're tight like I'm him. the only one that hasn't talked to Steve, but I'm the one that got called out. So, I know. I think that's why he's probably afraid of us. <laughs> I don't it's know. Because he afraid, hasn't met you. I, I do. I appreciate it, Steve. Yeah, that was awesome. All right, guys, let's move on. What do we have for standouts this week? Who's up first? Go ahead, Evan. Uh, All right, I'm going to take Michael McDowell and that 34 team. Um, It's no secret that week in, week out, they're not exactly the fastest team out there, but they always take every opportunity to make the best of what they got. And this week, I don't know if they could have put Michael McDowell on uh, two tire pitch strategies more than they did. Um, I think they only changed the left sides when there was nothing left. And uh, that guy, you know, five to 10 laps before the end of the race, he was running fifth place and making the absolute best out of that situation. And uh, for that reason, Michael McDowell is my standup this week. Honestly, I feel like they're ready to put him on one tire just to see if they could make it work. <laughs> <laughs> just the right rear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, my kind of picks were the two crew chiefs that I talked about earlier there, but, uh, I'll go on to another one kind of that's been standing out to me though, is Ross Chastain, uh, 20 seconds. Haven't heard yeah, of him. Right. Once or twice, we might've mentioned him on the podcast, but, uh, 22nd place finish ever since he got into Larson there. Like I just, you know, Hendrick kind of came down on the team and like, he's, he seems to be holding back a bit. I don't know if it's just coincidence that he's in a slump or not, but yeah, they're they're not looking too hot right now. But I mean, he is making less news, which is good. Like he got into McDowell there a little bit, but I think that was more racing than you know ill yeah. intent and stuff. Yeah, I don't think that was intentional, and uh, it's uh, it's funny. Um, 
we we see this change in in a little bit of a change in his driving style and it seems like you know say what you want maybe that is where his success was coming from was his driving style um and uh maybe uh maybe we need to curb it a little less and and you know allow that aggression to come out the guy will figure it out with time anyway you know this is the limit and whatnot but uh but yeah it uh it dropped him four spots in the points this week uh from first to fifth so yeah uh, i don't think spot you know what i mean like if there's 16 winners and you're in first like one of those winners gets bumped but now you really gotta win yeah so um i don't think it's all bad but i think you're right it is something to take note of all right. Well, that is a wrap on St. Louis and a wrap on after the checkers. So thanks guys for all that information. And up next we have before the green. So give me the details. Where are we headed next? California, California. Sorry. Copyright. Can't sing too much more. As much <laughs> as you guys want to hear. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I'll just step in and save our <laughs> listeners from the the bleeding of ears. Um, but yeah, we're heading to Sonoma Raceway in Sonoma, California this week. Uh, it's our, I believe this is our second road, case, road course this year. We've only had Coda so far, correct? Um, so it's our second road course of the year. Got some lefts and some rights. Uh, 12 turns total. 12 uh, at, turns? <laughs> oh my Lord. Uh, 12 turns at the track. Uh, now, NASCAR doesn't currently use the carousel portion, so that does decrease the number of turns that we actually make, uh, but we still call the last turn, turn, turn 12. So um, we've been racing here in the Cup Series since 1989. Ricky Rudd won the first race, and Jeff Gordon has won the most of the track, having won five of Rick Hendrick's series-leading seven victories. You can't mention Bowman. you got to mention Gordon. Right. Uh, you go from the best to the best, right? So... <laughs> Actually, I remember you liking Truex in there for a little bit. So I liked Truex until he, won a cha- until he won his championship. And then the very next season, just his attitude changed, and I can't do what it. What do you do? Flip you off? No. <laughs> I just. Move us I along, Marilyn. Move just, us along. <laughs> well, no, I'm no. just curious how long I, this race is. I, I will. T- I, no, no, hang on. I will tell you. Oh, back it up. Here's, here's where Martin Truex went wrong for me. Um, it all happened at Martinsville in, I think it was, what year did he win his championship? 2018? Or did he win it in 2017? I, I think he won it in 18. Anyway, uh, in the next year, coming up to the, we were in the last round of the playoffs, and he's racing Joey Logano, super clean, gets by him, running towards the end of the race, and Joey moves him out of the way. And he gets out of the car and complains because Joey moved him out of the way. It's the playoffs, man. You're not entitled to a spot. Just because you raced a guy clean coming to the last mine doesn't mean that the guy doesn't have every right to move you. And then on top of that, he goes, he may have won the battle, but he ain't going to win the war. And then the very next week, he goes out and wins the championship. So yeah. um, that's kind of where, where everything climaxed for me as far as me not loving Martin Truex anymore as a driver. Um, but yeah. I didn't know Martin Truex Jr.'s dad was a race car driver. Did you know? His him? brother is too, Ryan. Ryan, yeah. Yeah. Earlier this year, actually, Ryan and uh, and Martin both won the same weekend at Dover. Ryan won the oh. Xfinity, and yeah. I was just joking because Evan wasn't calling him Junior each time. Oh. Oh. 
Oh, good one. Thanks. I had to explain it, so that doesn't mean it was that good. <laughs> to so, answer your question, to answer your the question, distance yeah, of it's this a, race. So it's the Toyota Save Mart 350. Uh, and it's one of, I actually don't know of another race on the Cup Series schedule, but I don't want to say that there is none. Uh, but it's one of very few that the race distance is advertised in kilometers and not miles. So it's a 350 nice. kilometer race uh, this it's week. a big difference, really. It is, yep. Uh, and because it's a road course, they always seem to be a little bit longer anyway. The pace is a lot slower and therefore takes longer to do the same distance. Uh, but there's also not going to be any stage breaks this weekend. The stage points will still be awarded, uh, but no actual breaks in the action, which is great for strategy, uh, great for TV time. Uh, super glad that NASCAR made that decision at the beginning of the year. And I am so looking forward to this race. And two rain tires. Like, you got to love that. Mm. Like, you're not going to be sitting waiting for the weather to clear up. To be fair, I don't think we're going to see them in, in Southern yeah. California, but um, but I'm glad they're there nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All what right. Do you, uh... No, go ahead, Mayor. No, go ahead. Nope. I'm, I, I don't even know where I was going with it, so. <laughs> Did you lose your train of thought? Choo-choo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, what do you guys, what should our listeners be excited about this week at Sonoma? I want yeah, it, Donnie. Like, man, I don't know who I am this week. I want to say Ross Chastain. <laughs> Going back to that, you know uh, what I mean? The, the kids should be able to drive at a road course. He's shown he's got the talent. He shows he's aggressive to get things done. So I want to see if we're going to see the old Ross. I think that will kind of tell us where that one team's sitting. Like, if Ross doesn't have a good finish here, then... I think they might have took the wheel out of his hands and they're in for a rough season. But, you know, if he's aggressive, gets in there, roughs a couple guys up, gets a top five, then I think we'll be back to being on the Ross hate train and realizing, no, it's just a slump. He's still a tool and what a race is. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, both of those uh, track house guys won at road courses last year. Uh, Chastain got his first at Coda last year and Suarez got his first uh, at this exact track last year, uh, first and only so far. Uh, but uh, might be interesting to see what those track house guys can do again this weekend. Um, I'm also, uh, to, to be honest, I'm looking forward to seeing Chase back, uh, looking to see if that suspension kind of lights a fire under him. Uh, he's a great road course racer. I, uh, I think he might be a guy to keep your eye on too, knowing that he needs a win to get in. This is a great opportunity for him to do yeah, that. Yeah, where he can cut his wheel both ways and not get in trouble this week. something else that you have failed to mention but i know is happening is this is the last race of fox yeah thank the lord um so who takes over nbc nbc better broadcasting better better everything and none of those stupid cartoon uh, graphics (laughs) <laughs> you know the one thing that I miss when Fox What's leaves, that? though? Um, and I think this is the last year for it because it looks like Kevin Harvick's going to be in the booth last, next year. I do miss some of the guest hosts that come in. Um, like, I love when Tony Stewart's in Tony and Clint are funny. Like, if you'd bring them over to NBC, I'd right. be happy. You know? Like, they're uh, regular Evan and yeah, Donnie, really. Exactly. Just well, I mean, let's... Let's not oversell, but you know. Does that mean I'm Michael Joy? Yeah, let's Michael not oversell. It's just Tony Stewart. Michael Joy, she yeah, said. So, so Who? Michael, Michael Joy. Joy. 
Yeah. Not Mike Joy. Michael. Um, yeah, I will miss that, but I am excited to uh, get to NBC. I love Steve Letarte and, and Dale Jr. in the booth. They're fantastic. For sure. Yeah. All right. Well, and it honestly now could we be too. In. Like it's later in the season. We're getting closer to playoffs. Like you're really starting to see this season shake out. Like that probably helps them out some too. But I- you know, you uh, know why Donnie interrupted you there, Marilyn? I know. He's, he's dreading this next this. topic. I think the baby's waking up. I probably should go. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, those okay. are your, that's your crying. <laughs> I'm true. just saying. I'm just saying. I came, I saw, I conquered. All right, guys. Picks of the week. Evan is glowing. Mr. <laughs> Three points himself. And it's not just the TV shining on me. No, he has picked the winner. And he is very, very proud. Max so an extra points, point for that. Maximum points. We're so proud. Honestly, I like made him an award called mom. He's got supper. Like it's going to be a whole thing. He's finally done something we're proud of. <laughs> wow. <laughs> anyway, sorry. It's been a bad week for you, Don. But the good news is you get to pick first this week. Like it matters. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Donnie, tell us who's going to finish last this week. (laughs) Oh, man. I can't wait to rub it in your face when I win this year. You know what? I am totally okay with it. I I relish the moments. You're only four behind. Exactly, so you better watch it. Especially when that 19's doing his burnout in victory lane this week. Matthew Felix Jr., first place. Well, I mean, if you pick him enough times, he's got to eventually work out, right? You'll see it this weekend. Um, What do you got, Ev? I've already talked about him. I I think it's going to be Chase Elliott. Um, I think he's going to come back with a little bit of a fire, a little bit of a point to prove. I think he came back with um, some fire already. He put that on Denny. Farron, actually, he's been a fiery guy all year compared to who he usually is, so... Um, but uh, I think too he'll want to um, he'll want to put his put a little bit of a positive spin on for his sponsor this week too. So, all right, Don, who do you get first? I hate second? to even go in the Hendrick stable, but desperate times, no! desperate measures, and we're going Kyle Larson. Oh, thank Kyle God! All right. I was worried you were going to take my Alex second pick. Bowman? Oh, no, okay. William. Byron. The boy's on fire. Yeah. And he runs well here. Well, time will tell. I don't know, man. Your picks are Yeah, like that. Like, I don't know if, like, I just feel like Larson's almost a guaranteed top five. Like, and. Yeah. You know who we're missing on these picks? Quite a few guys, really. Dinger. Tyler Reddick. Exactly. Uh, both track house boys. Like, th- there's a lot to choose from, but I mean, Truex has won here, I think, a couple times. Yeah. So there's some there's some solid picks yeah. there, but but uh, hopefully uh, hopefully I can get another three on the board. So you're not worried about retaliation from Denny? Oh, that's definitely a, a fact. Honestly, but... I don't think Denny will though. 
I think you you'd have to be done. I don't know, I you think, think he will. This early? But I, I don't think yeah. it'll be this early, but I definitely all think he will. Be yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think he's done um, enough to do something. Then again, you know what? He waited almost a whole year to get retaliation on Ross Chastain, yeah. so we'll see what happens. Should be fun. There's something else to be mm. watching for. Mm. For yeah. the next few weeks. All right, Marley, we're a dragon. Tell us where we're going next. What are we doing? We are going to the in-between. Oh, your segment, of course. Story yes. time with me. <laughs> <coughs> oh. Forgive me. That's okay. This week, my in-between is going to be focused on one of the biggest components in NASCAR that is rarely talked about, and it's the truck haulers. So, if you know Evan and I, you know our background is long-haul trucking in previous generations. Our grandfather, father, several uncles, they take to the open road daily, and the majority of the female counterparts worked or have worked in offices as dispatch of finances. And actually, as I was writing this, I remembered that both Evan and I actually work part-time for our parents' trucking business now. So we're all in. And I have my permit twice. Yeah, and is unwilling to go get his license. But, you know, you could be a truck hauler for NASCAR, Evan. Have you ever considered you don't have to work for Lamar? (laughs) (laughs) So in NASCAR, it's actually really interesting. So... They are mostly based in Charlotte, North Carolina. Tell me why. Oh, that's just kind of the hub of where NASCAR's been. And number five. NASCAR's always kind of been based in the South, and it just kind of seems like, um, for whatever reason, they've all kind of focused around that Charlotte, Mooresville area, and uh, and that's just kind of where it's continued to grow out. Yeah, so that's where most of these people are living and where they are driving to and from every week. I did read a little bit about when they go out west, they sometimes like they'll take two and they don't come back kind of thing, but I didn't get into all that this week. But the hauler drivers, which is kind of where this all began, but they actually sometimes they're the cooks once they're there. So, like, they drive the trucks, they get everything there, and then, like, they become the cook for the team while they're going through, like, qualifying and practice and stuff, which is, like, a very well-rounded individual. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, that's some skill you need to have. (laughs) Yeah, because that would be, that's not a small task to cook for that many people. No. (laughs) Especially when you're pretty tired from driving across the country. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And, like, knowing my father, everybody just be eating eggs all the time. Eggs and bacon. <laughs> so they, that's what he cooks. <laughs> well, you know, those are some multiple skills there. Um, and then the other thing, like, the hauler, I don't know if you guys have seen pictures, and I will share one to our um, social stories this week once this is live, but it's not a social story. That's actually that's something completely different. Um, our, like, social media story. But inside, the the trailers are like 80 feet long, but it's like a fully equipped office. It's got all of the storage down below, and the cars are actually up top because they're like the lightest part of what they're carrying, essentially, which is kind of crazy. And they can actually carry up to two cars. So I actually thought that was pretty interesting. Um, What do you think? I'm just going to say 80 feet long. That's 24.384 meters to our listener in France. 
Oh, thank you for being inclusive. The other thing is, too, I think the 80 feet is truck and trailer. Uh, Possibly, actually. So that includes like a sleeper and a cab then as well. Yeah, the maximum trailer length is still 53, but... Um, I guess that makes sense. I should have yeah, known that. <laughs> for, non, for non-specialized for non stuff. But um, but yeah, I think the interesting part to me has always been that the cars are up top because that's like they're not top heavy up there in comparison. Um, I, I always thought that was super cool. Um, and then, you know, you get into like all the information, all the parts and all the stuff that's stored below. It's pretty wild. Do they have a kitchen downstairs? Like I didn't see that written anywhere, but like where are these people <coughs> cooking their stuff? Well, a lot of it be like on grills and barbecues and whatnot I too. Suppose. But, um, but yeah, um, a lot of them do have a lounge area. Um, I mean, I'm sure each team has a different layout. Yeah. Right. But it'll be interesting to see uh, the layouts that you share this week. Uh, what team, you know, is laid out like that and whatnot. But, but most of them are custom built trailers from a company called Featherlight. They're kind of the industry leader in that but and they're sick looking like the end of the day like it's just they're awesome to look at like all their brains yeah, none of them look like, rough you know what i mean like yeah it's not a secret yeah, what they're hauling like they're up and yeah yeah it's a event all in itself really <laughs> and actually it's it's very uh it's very good timing of when you're bringing this up because uh last week the Xfinity series ran out to uh, Portland, Oregon. <clears throat> and uh, one Xfinity team, I think it was Alpha Prime, uh, they lost, uh, they had mechanical failures on two different trucks, one of which was actually like an engine failure. Uh, basically, that truck is done. Uh, and so NASCAR actually had their hauler at the track. They left the track with their truck, uh, went back and got the other two trailers and brought the team the rest of the way. Um, after their trailers and their equipment was already there too. So uh, NASCAR's got their own haulers and uh, it was convenient for Alpha Prime this week to to get their trailers up there. And why did they have their own broke down just to save gas money? Rick Ware. Who's that? (laughs) (laughs) I want to know why NASCAR and them have their own haulers. Uh, Well, yeah, I'll, I'll take this one. We're part of it. Uh, just say if, you know, you have a driver that fails tech or you need to take that car to inspect further, you're not exactly going to let them take that car back on their hauler where they can have somebody working on it before you get your hands on it kind of thing. So that's one of the reasons. Makes sense. <laughs> Nobody ever gets caught for cheating. No one cheats in NASCAR. <laughs> it's never happened. I think that's why. <laughs> well, we didn't touch on Chase Briscoe, but... Uh, that was a huge penalty for them this week. I don't think they got to haul their car back or else it probably wouldn't have yeah. had that issue. Hmm. All right, uh, we yeah. moving on? Yeah, okay. great segment, yeah. man. That was good. That was cool. That's all I got. Story time. All right, final segment, folks. And it's story time for Corey's question of the week. He's got a great question here. And it is this. How did each of you get into NASCAR? Merrily, your story is probably the most compelling. You should yeah, lead off with you it. Go first, Mayor. <laughs> so my brother, Evan, really loves NASCAR. And one time we went to a NASCAR race in Dover. And I've been a few other places. My love is not as intense as the two of yours. <laughs> I, don't, I don't hate it. I don't enjoy it as much as the two of you. So all I, I know you is that. Been, 
That You're Evan good. guy sounds really cool. He's really nice. Yeah. Sometimes we call him Mr. Three Points, and sometimes we call Mostly him Loser. loser. <laughs> Not this week, baby. <laughs> All right. So, how did each of you get into NASCAR? I'm sure Corey longer. wasn't asking for me. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to go first, how or you want to go say? first, Tony? All right. Well, I'll jump into it. Um, so, I get into NASCAR. Um, we grew up without a TV, and... <laughs> Um, I had Thursday Jeff nights. Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I grew up with OTV and I, uh, I had Jeff Gordon books before I was watching the races. Um, I grew up as a NASCAR fan without even watching it. Um, Clearly you and, chose uh, Gordon as your driver. <laughs> well, so yeah, right. Uh, in the late nineties, I don't think anybody would have looked at Gordon and thought there was anyone better on the track, but, um, so how it happened that I, I got interested in Jeff Gordon. Um, we had gone to my grandmother's one night after church, which wasn't a common thing on a Sunday night. Uh, we but used we to went go there, there all the time. On That's Sunday when nights? they would talk about my stinky feet. <laughs> I don't know how to tell you this, but it wasn't just Sunday nights that they talked about your stinky feet. Um, but anyway, and, and on this particular night, my cousin Miles was there and um, the race happened to be on. Um, and so uh, he said, you know, who do you like? And um, I just picked a name and I said, Jeff Gordon. And he said, oh, Jeff Gordon's good. And I was like, OK. And ever since then, I kind of professed to be a Jeff Gordon fan. And that's when I started, you know, mom was my mom. God love her. If she finds out you like something, she just buys you everything of that. So I had Jeff Gordon stockings. I had Jeff Gordon floor mats. Uh, I'm pretty sure I had Jeff Gordon like pajama pants and everything else at one point. Uh, but I never started really watching it until the Sunday after the 2001 Daytona 500. Um, I remember the Monday morning after Dale died, the country station played like a tribute song to Dale Earnhardt. And, and Evan cried. I stood in the living room crying and mom let me stay home from school. I didn't have to go to school that day. <laughs> Uh, and so, yeah. Um, and so it was after that that I started watching and uh, I would go to my aunt's every Sunday, um, like out of the 36 races a year, which is what the current schedule is. I would have been there for like a solid 28 of them. Uh, and so um, I pretty much just missed Saturday night races and the odd Sunday one. And I've been hooked ever since. I Yeah, I can't even make fun of you for the Dale Senior thing because I took the day off school too. <laughs> like, yeah. It was a it really national was, day of mourning, I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, wow. So you've been in NASCAR that oh, long yeah. too, Don? Like, my, my story is no as interesting. <laughs> It'll probably tell better, though. <laughs> Mine goes back to 1998. <laughs> Little 11-year-old opening his Happy Meal and finding a Bill Elliott toy car. And I just thought, oh, uh, man, this is cool. What's 94. And then, you know, found out, oh, this is a NASCAR, like, these things race. And then, yeah, I got hooked. Became a Sterling Marlin fan. <laughs> I don't yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I, I wish I remembered why I picked him, but, yeah. I remember. It's because you had a yeah. serious <laughs> drinking problem at 13. <laughs> that silver bullet just spoke to me. I love Coors Light, Mom. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I, I was a Sterling Marlin fan, and then, uh, Jimmy came on the scene, and I was all about Jimmy and Dale Jr. 
And then next year he gets to go to the Daytona 500, and that's hey. a fairy tale story, <laughs> kids. <laughs> I actually was always a Casey Kane and Dale Jr. fan based solely on looks, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> that's why uh, Donnie was hey, a Dale I Jr. Lie. fan, too. That's the man. You think I cheer for Jimmy because he's ugly? Please. <laughs> Why do you think I'm a true X fan? Because you can't see his face for the facial hair. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's a good question, Corey. We uh, yeah, it's a good opportunity to kind of get on the personal side of of why we're doing this and yeah. why we're enjoying it. So thank you for that. Yeah, I had no idea that both of you guys have been into it that long. I mean, I feel like. In our house, NASCAR just, I was thinking, but wasn't that, remember that racetrack you had? Weren't those like NASCARs on them? Those were, yeah. Um, but that would have been before you were interested in NASCAR. If that was just a racetrack. No, no. Um, I was into NASCAR at that point. Okay. Um, that would have been like late 90s, like 98, 99. Um, and I remember it pretty good. Like there was a square D car, which I think was Bobby Hamilton Jr.'s. Uh, there was like a Mark Martin Win Dixie Xfinity car. There was uh, a it was hot quite... rods or something. Hot yeah, the Kyle Petty car. Yeah, uh, Hot Wheels. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, that was a cool track. It was a four, like it was one of those little tracks with like the, you just had the remote on the side of the track and they go around a uh, slot car track. And uh, it was super cool. It was officially licensed by NASCAR and uh, it was four lanes and, and uh, it was super fun. It was a lot of yeah. fun, actually. Remember, we had to go to the basement to play with it, so not that much fun, but it was Yeah, cool. we had it upstairs for a very short time, but then it was down in the basement, and it didn't take long for it all to, like, all the magnets and stuff got kind of corroded because they were down in the damp basement and whatnot, but um, that is what it is. I would have yeah. junked it a few, you know, before too long anyway, because that's who I was as a child. <laughs> Pure destruction. Anyway, so that is the history of NASCAR via locks and johnston's so i think that about sums up our before the green after the checkers and the in between over to you Doc. Yeah. all right well for sure Take us out. uh thanks everyone for listening uh even including you steve <laughs> uh, we, <laughs> we, <laughs> it took me a second no honestly uh yeah. we, got, we got some great listeners uh, great engagement and we really appreciate it uh, we're excited for the race that's coming up this week and for the things that we got planned in the future. So if you guys can, if you're not already, you can like, follow, subscribe to our Facebook, our Instagram, and we'd love to hear from you. Later, guys. All right. See it. you.